Welcome to Coach's Corner. I'm Pat Martino. Week two in the National Football League. And they say not to make decisions when you're in a, an emotional state of mind. And on Tuesday afternoon, I was just leaving my golf course. I fired a really solid round. I shot 80 with a quadruple bogey, but I played even par on the back. I was all fired up. My adrenaline was, was kicking in. And for some ungodly reason i decided to text an old friend of mine as i was pulling out of the course i texted our good buddy pj candido to get the pod back up and running welcome back all our old fans hopefully we'll find some new ones as well but pj what's been going on man how you doing patty d glad to be here i'm excited it's been a been a while probably a couple years since we got back on uh i like that Nice little plug for yourself in your golf game. I can attest that Pat D is an incredible golfer. I'm sure most listeners probably know Pat and, and know this about him. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to be back. I think you got to get me on the golf course next. No doubt. Yeah, incredible is a little bit strong. And I should also say you are pretty pretty remarkable. I should say I don't regret doing this. What I do regret is deciding on Tuesday and then NFL Game Pass not posting the All-22 film until – literally this morning so i had to watch the condensed games i basically watched 16 games in two days so i'm a little bit punch drunk at the moment we'll be more organized going forward but we didn't want to skip a week we wanted to get right at it uh we're not going to start like we had done in the past with uh, recapping the previous week's games we pj and i both felt that thursday was a little bit too late in the game to to go all the way back in time to sunday so uh, our recaps will come to a head as we preview this week's slate but we're just going to go ahead and dive right in with Thursday night football, Cleveland, Cincinnati, PJ, any thoughts on either of these two uh, sort of basement teams in the AFC North? Yeah. You know, it's funny. The Thursday night schedule, especially early this year is horrendous. If you look at the next five weeks, I don't have it in front of me, but it's not good matchups. You got the Jags and uh, a bunch of basement teams, I guess, like you'd say, but I'm actually kind of excited for tonight. Uh, maybe it's just because we haven't had football in what feels like years and, there's a game on and I'm excited for pretty much any game. But um, besides that, I, I feel like it's a big one for Cleveland. For Cincy, I, I guess I'll start there. I, it's entirely too early to judge Joe Burrow and, and the team. Uh, I think he's not ready to play. I don't think the circumstances are great. And I think everyone knows that. Uh, but for Cleveland, on the other hand, uh, it's kind of getting to the point where we have to question whether or not Baker um, is going to even last the season if he keeps playing so bad. I mean, I probably think he will. I don't know what other option they have. Uh, but this is a guy so many people were excited about. And uh, after his miraculous you know, early play where he kind of looked like the real deal, he's just been bad consistently ever since. Um, so I think this is a really good bounce-back spot for Cleveland, a really easy opponent that they know. Um, and, you know, obviously they, they're coming off a whopping from – Baltimore but I think this is a spot where Cleveland has to come out hot they got to dominate up front defensively especially uh, and I and I see a big night for Chubb I, I, I think I texted you about it I love Chubb tonight uh, his over rushing yards uh, and I think Baker completes some big plays maybe to Odell who, who looks like he got open a ton on Sunday but Baker just hasn't been able to find him but that's pretty much what I got going into tonight. Yeah, I mean, uh, Cleveland has to have a tremendous sense of urgency coming into this game. They actually didn't play as poorly as the box score would indicate. I, I don't know how many people got to actually watch uh, the Cleveland-Baltimore game, but if you just quickly glance at you know, the end result, you probably think, wow, just utter disaster. Cleveland stinks again. 
Um, that really wasn't the case. There was a, a run in the middle of the game where Baltimore scored 21 unanswered in a flash, and they can do that. They're just so potent offensively. Cleveland was moving the ball. They just – a lot of key third downs. They had big drops. They had big penalties. They did typical Browns things, but they didn't get manhandled up and down the field. And like PJ said, uh, as far as Cincinnati – now, it's really unfortunate circumstances that Burrow has to go on a short week. Now, they had no preseason, an abbreviated camp. He clearly does not grasp the offense yet. When I watched that Chargers film, he was having a hard time getting off his primary read. And I don't think one game and three days is going to really move him forward that much. I'm not selling Cincinnati you know, long term, but this is going to be a tough year uh, you know, one way or the other. I, I don't think they can they're going to win more than two, three, four games. And this is a spot that, like I said, you know, Cleveland just has to have a tremendous sense of urgency and they didn't pack it in defensively. I thought they were okay. Uh, Grant Delpit getting hurt in camp hurt them because they were relying on him to start on safety. So they definitely don't have the the most stacked group, but I saw some signs from a Kevin Stefanski coach bunch that they weren't the, the circus Browns that they have been the last two years. You know, you sure you have, you yes. have Odell doing some dumb stuff, but like they were sort of a more organized bunch. Did you see any of that when you watched the game, PJ? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I actually, I mean, obviously Odell, you could always read the body language and it's always poor if someone misses a throw to him. Um, but I didn't think it was like out of control where they're spiraling or anything like that. And I think they actually kind of have a good grip on themselves. Um, and they understand that, you know, it's early. And I, and I think the game in general was more of an indictment on Baltimore just being that explosive and that good uh, and that clean that they can kind of get away with everything. And, and again, if you like you said, if you just watch the box score, you probably come away like, oh, Cleveland's trash again. But, again, I think it's more about Baltimore. So uh, that's why I'm excited to see um, maybe the high of Cleveland. They're kind of going from opposite end of the spectrum playing Baltimore and now Cincy. So this is a layup for them. And I think they, like you said, they have to come out with a ton of urgency and just prove that they could win games that they they should. They, so. they need to go ahead and get, get a lead early and, and make hundred percent Burrow beat them. And that, that Cincinnati offensive line didn't play great against the Chargers. I think they're more quick and small and fast than they are big. So I, I really think the Cleveland front can sort of push them around a bit and, and get a comfortable victory. Uh, their rookie left tackle, by the way, Jeterick Wills, who was my favorite tackle in the draft, played a really crappy game against uh, Baltimore, and he needs to bounce back if he's going to be active. Uh, they haven't been yeah. being actives yet, but uh, I'm interested to see if he could bounce back. That would be a, a huge thing for them to have an anchor at left tackle. Yeah, before we move on to the to the Sunday games, I think it's important to say, like you said, the, the preseason's been so short and, uh, and there w- really was none. So we're, we're going to see, I think, a lot of rookies struggle and just a lot of players struggle these first few weeks, uh, probably uh, up until week four. And then it could be like a totally different season, in my opinion. That's so a great point. It's tough, it's tough to evaluate everyone, but especially the young guys who haven't even gotten uh, experience in the league before. Yeah, and from a betting standpoint, right now we're really evaluating these these as like short term, you know, buy you literally, yourselves, you know, long- you literally shouldn't be betting the first couple weeks if you want true, like you know, if we're going to be honest with ourselves. Obviously, it's easier said than done. And uh, when Sunday rolls around, I'm I'm not pro- I'm probably not sticking with that. Um, I actually I sense. actually 
dis- I don't disagree in theory, but I do think there are some critical there's some spots, there's some spots and there's some things you could look yeah. for in the short term that that should carry over week to week. Right. I think the teams with continuity and experience and the same kind of staff uh, and players, those are the teams that you probably have a better shot at evaluating. So no question. Yeah. The, the new staff teams did not look good week one. We'll get no. to that as we nope. go. So we'll start uh, Sunday, one o'clock, Tennessee versus Jacksonville. Uh, I'm going to use the DraftKings sportsbook lines. I think they appear to be pretty uh, neutral. And what did this? Yeah. What was this line at? Tennessee is an eight and a half point favorite against Jacksonville. Uh, any initial yeah, thoughts? Same spot. Any initial thoughts here, PJ? Yeah, I mean, same spot that Jacksonville in was. Uh, Jacksonville was in last week, and I think they surprised a lot of people. Um, I, I think they're. You know, we kind of talked about it last night. Uh, Jacksonville is kind of a team that's unpredictable and can hang around and win some games with Minshew, but he's not going to be a consistent guy. Uh, week in and week out to give you troubles. Um, I don't think Jacksonville hangs around this week. I think Tennessee kind of got off to a sluggish start in Denver last week. It's a tough place to play without fans or with fans in Denver uh, in the first couple weeks of the season, always historically. Um, I think they hit on a few more explosive plays this week. I think they left some on the field last week. uh, And I think Tennessee gets it done and kind of rides out Henry in the second half. Yeah. um, The the Jacksonville-Indianapolis game, I thought was one of the games that I came away with from thinking that the wrong team won. I, I didn't think Jacksonville, uh, I think Indianapolis lost the game more than Jacksonville won it. So that's always a spot I'm looking, sure. I'm looking to fade that going forward. Now give, give credit to Jacksonville. They have some nice young players. The running back looked good. LaVisca Chenault had a nice game. Minshew obviously did a nice job managing the game, but the Colts just played this soft zone all day. And these were largely easy checkdowns. Uh, Tennessee's improved defensively. I think you're going to have to earn it if you're going to beat them. And I just think they're, they're going to be too much for Jacksonville this week. Tennessee, like you said, that was a tough spot. Anytime you're at Denver in altitude week one, that's, that's a scary spot. I think the Denver was actually kind of sharp in that game. So I was impressed that Tennessee was able to Me sort too. of come away with there with victory. I didn't expect them to go in and blow the doors off the Broncos. No, I, I think that was, I think that was a really impressive win from Tennessee, just from the standpoint of the circumstances not being great. And that's what good teams do. They win, they grind out those tough wins. Um, and, and I think that's what we're seeing from Tennessee. I think they're a well-coached team. They know their identity. Uh, and I think they're able to grind out these wins with their run game, kind of efficient passing game, tough defense. So very much so they, they find ways. They're not necessarily yep overly dominant although they are getting no. better uh in certain areas but like i said i think the Colts sort of did a lot of stupid things and, and little things wrong uh they had it was a classic yeah it was, it was a classic classic rivers run loss yeah missed field goals they had a missed fourth and one with all the momentum that i didn't think they should go for it and, and we'll get into that too just because it's coming up um we're in the age of analytics now where fourth and one is automatic go for it in the red zone and I, I, where do you fall on the on the fourth and one camp? Your your Cowboys had an interesting spot, albeit it was actually fourth and three, uh, with the field yeah, goal I mean, that could have tied the game. But in, in that situation, I think you have to tie the game. It really, it, obviously, it depends on what's going on, how the game's going, score. Um, but I mean, from the Cowboys' standpoint, they had to kick the field goal there to tie the game, especially on fourth and three. Yeah, I didn't uh, understand it either. It was a weird. I, it was almost like all right, we went away from Jason Garrett who would have kicked the field goal 100%. We have to go for it to show that we're a new 
team, but it, that's it, what it, I in the end. that's what I took too. And I apologize from, from talking for talking over you, but I really no, felt didn't. like that was a move that was like, okay, we turned the page. We're not that team anymore. We're going to be aggressive right. instead of but just, like, like, let's just win the ball just be, game. Have enough. Just be smart. Yeah, that I, I didn't like that decision. That was all. a no-brainer decision. I think you kick that literally ten out of ten. The thing is, there's not many possessions in these NFL games, and you can't afford. Uh, to, to make that big mistake. When you have momentum in your corner, these games are so short. Sometimes you can just hold on to it and squeeze out a win. So I, I thought that was a, a poor move by Frank Reich last week. And I, I don't love the Colts roster. So I'm, I sort of downgraded that Jacksonville performance. Uh, I'm selling them. I'm moderately buying Tennessee. So I, I guess I like the Titans. I wouldn't run to the windows to bet them laying the, you know, eight and a half. But I agree. I, I, I definitely would be backing that side if I had to choose. All right, let's get yep. to Tampa against Carolina. This I would have gotten wrong and guessed the lines. What What did you think the line would be in this game? I couldn't believe it was this big. I, I mean, I guess six and a half would have been like the high that I saw. Um, but I need to see it from Tampa Bay. I guess we're just automatically assuming that they're going to be great with Brady and Bruce Arians. And now Godwin's out, and I think that's trouble for them. I think Godwin just kind of fits Brady's skill set more um, than Evans does. With that said, obviously, uh, I, I think, you know, at some point, Tampa Bay is going to break out. They do have weapons. I don't think they're that bad defensively. Um, but I think this Carolina team is sneaky. I think they can move the ball. Um, obviously, they got McCaffrey, and I think they have a very speedy wide receiver core that kind of can break the game open at any time, any week. Um, so it's an interesting one. Uh, I, I do think Tampa Bay will be laser-focused just because Brady's probably furious right now. Um, but eight and a half's a lot, in my opinion, to give Carolina. Yeah, it's up to nine on DraftKings. And so this this is a classic case of short versus long term. Uh, you know, if this game is week 16, I'm probably going to be seeing a different tune. But Carolina, to me, looks way more advanced, further along and organized as far as their scheme and overall game plan goes than Tampa. I thought the Bucks have a really long way to go when I watched that game. I like their pieces. You know, they look fine on both lines. Obviously, they have Tom Brady. They have some weapons. But they right. they do not seem to be uh, clicking, and Tom doesn't grasp the system yet. I, I think it's going to take, you know, I don't know how long, but it, it ain't going to be this week. And I, I like Caroline outright. Nine is a crazy value to me there. Wow. Right, huh? Yeah, I again, I could see it. I think they're a sneaky team, Carolina. And I think this, I'm, I'm down on this division as a whole. And I have that in my notes later on for a different game. But, um, like, I, I think I, I'm, I'm a little down on the Saints. I've been down on Tampa Bay. I knew, I thought it was irrational from the start that people thought they were going to win 14 games and go to the Super Bowl off the bat. Um, and who, Carolina, Tampa Bay, Saints, who am I missing there? Atlanta. And Atlanta, I, I, I'm a, probably a little higher than people are in Atlanta, but I'm not that high in them. And I think they could, they kind of have a wide range of outcomes, in my opinion. But either way, I think the division, this this, this division's kind of been pretty strong over the last few years. I think it's a little down this year. So Carolina played Oakland week one. Um, that actually was a pretty tough opponent for them. Oakland has a ton of speed on offense, and they're also really big up front and run a lot of 21 personnel. Carolina's sort of undersized. They're actually playing their rookie safety, Jeremy Chin, at linebacker. He got a lot of work. Me and Coach really loved what we saw from him on film. He had a decent week one. I mean, he took his lumps because they did really 
uh, run the rock well. But I think this is a little bit better matchup for Carolina. And I was just very impressed with how uh, Teddy Bridgewater sort of embraced Joe Brady's scheme and saw the whole field. And they just looked like they were didn't miss a beat. It looked like they had a full camp and a full preseason. I agree. There were times in the game when they got down two scores also that I thought they could have just packed it in and like had a decent showing, but, but they, they played that game to win and they, and they, they almost did. I think Oakland just had a little too much talent for them at the end of the day. And I think it was a good confidence building uh, week one from Carolina. Now they're not a great team. Their roster has a long way to go before it gets polished. I don't think that they're even a 500 team, but I just think early in the season they're more prepared right now than Tampa Bay. I, I agree, and I before we move on, I kind of think the same way about uh, Las Vegas too. I kind of think both teams are pretty business and disciplined, um, and they're going to come to play every week, I feel like. So both those teams, to me, are kind of sneaky. All right, we'll go to Pittsburgh-Denver. Where is the line here? I'm so- I have seven and a half pit. Yeah, um, Pittsburgh's favored by seven and a half. And it, it's weird. I, I, how are you factoring home field? Like, I, I was just thinking, is Pittsburgh home? Is Denver home? I almost didn't even know until I looked at the game. I'm kind of still – I'm still putting stock into it just in terms of the travel. Um, obviously, no fans is a factor, but I don't think it's as big a factor uh, in, in terms of, like, a way – you know, I guess what? The home team usually would get three points. Yeah. Uh, I'm still fine with giving them, you know, two points or, or whatever it is, whatever Vegas is, is thinking like it. Um, but I think it's probably easier to obviously said, but easier to maintain the focus um, and comfortability of it all if you're staying home. So I guess so. I, I'm kind of riding that it's no factor right now. And I'm, I'm going to see how that works out for me. I, I, other than like, you know, altitude like Denver, that that's different. Right. I, and the West Coast, the East Coast type of thing, I guess. Yeah, so any thoughts on Pitt or Denver? You know, Pitt, yeah, Pitt I mean, played primetime week one against the Giants, so everyone got to see them. Yeah, I think people are really high on Pitt this year, and uh, I do like them. Um, obviously, their defense is a strong point. I really like their receiving core. I think they have a sneaky, you know, top five to seven receiving core in the league. I think they're explosive. I really like Deontay Johnson. Obviously, Juju's good. I think I like him better when there was a number one there and he was a number two. But I think now that Deontay could step up, that'll help Juju too. And I love James Washington as a number three. He looked a little better than he did last year. Um, so I think uh, if Ben can stay healthy, that's really the, the only question I have for Pitt because he's wincing after every single hit. He looks so brittle out there. Um, and I just – I don't know if he could hold up. As far as Denver, uh, I think Locke is pretty capable. I, I I'm not – you know, I'm not low on Denver. I think they need Sutton back to fully untap their potential on offense. I'm not sure if he's coming back this week. I think the signs are pretty positive. I'm not sure. Though. Yeah, and that's something back. else I wanted to touch on. PJ and I are recording this podcast on Thursday, so you can sort of get a baseline for the games heading into the weekend. But there's lots of unknowns on the injury reports. And before you're making any plays on Sunday or any DFS stuff based on our advice, you got to check the injury reports. We didn't want to offer this podcast out on Saturday, that, you know, all things right. equal. We wanted to get it out there. and uh, But but you still have to do your homework. And it was a shame that Pitt lost Zach Banner, the right tackle, Monday night. He, he was playing a strong game. That, that finally got a chance to start for them. So they're a little thinner up front now. Um, I think they had a dream matchup against the Giants. Their defensive line got to eat against a very inexperienced front. Um Outside of um, James Bradbury, the Giants have nothing in terms of cover corners. So 
while I do agree with you that Pittsburgh has a, at least a top five to seven wide receiver core, I think things were a little easier oh, for probably sure. than they are even in practice against their own defense, to be honest with you. That that, that sure. was a, a spot that I, I liked what I saw from Pittsburgh, but I can't buy them off that performance because I think it couldn't have set up any more perfectly for them. No, I, I agree. And I would probably take Denver with the points in this one if I were to offer any any angle on it. Um, I, I need to see it from Pitt a little bit more consistently. And I think they'll have their bumps and their struggles too. Uh, and again, Denver's just kind of a tough team to to evaluate, especially early. We still haven't seen that much of Locke. But I've liked what I've saw. I, I don't think, you know, I'm not out on them at all. I don't think they're a, a contender or a playoff team, but I think they could win games. I think they could be I think sneaky. if they had a younger, more creative head coach, they'd be a little bit more dangerous. I really think Ben Fangio yeah, really agree. holds them back. So that that he would be the reason why I'm not going to back Denver in this spot. It's probably a pass for me, but I also can't, I can't yep. back Pitt off such a perfect uh, performance against the Giants. This is an interesting game because I, I thought both teams after last week could be considered a contender going forward. Eagles Rams Eagles are one point favorites right now at home uh, in Philly. What do you got on this one, PJ? Um, yeah, so Eagles were so beaten up in that first week. Still a really tough loss to give up, what, 27 unanswered after being up 17-0. Uh, I think they're, get, they're getting Sanders back, it sounds like, for sure. Uh, the Rams, I thought, looked good. They left a lot of points on the field, especially in the red zone. They needed they needed to do a better job if they're going to be a contender because the defense played well. I thought Aaron Donald came out so hot. Uh, I guess that's not surprising, but it's a guy that we've talked about in terms of his effort and doing it all game, it looked like he was, uh, you know, just a lot more disruptive and he could really change a game. So if this Phillies O-line is still beat up, I, I think that alone is a reason to like Los Angeles. Um, but Phillies, Phillies a tough team. They're well coached, not well coached, but they're tough. Uh, and, and I think they, they have a lot of fight in them. So I could see them bouncing back in this spot. Actually. So Philly looks like they're going to get Lane Johnson back, which means they can slide Peters back to the right side, which to me, that would be a complete, they're, they're, they're a different, different team. team. Yeah. They're a different team. Um, they basically had no chance. Uh, I wish I did a little bit more homework before week one. If I knew the state of their line going into that game against Washington's front, that that would have been a- it was it was amazing. They were up seventeen nothing. To be honest, they were hitting but- big plays. They were actually they they weren't doing much on the ground. They were getting in some second and third and longs and just hitting big plays. Yeah, I saw defensively. I saw the- they started sharp defensively too, which yeah. I, I like going forward. And uh, just to hit on the Rams again, like TJ said, we were actually texting during the Rams Dallas game saying, "Wow, the Rams are going to blow them out." Dallas looked exhausted, hands on hips. The Rams came out firing, but they just never really put them away. And if it wasn't for a, if it no. wasn't for a questionable offensive pass interference call, I mean, I, questionable is not even the word. I think that was a bad call. Uh, they may have yeah. found a way to lose that game. So, I, I, I agree. I was I was underwhelmed by how Los Angeles was finishing drives. Yeah, the, the first uh, quarter that both of these teams played, I I would have been like, this should be the game of the week. But they both kind of if, if it was just. If it was just off the first quarter, I would have thought the Rams were going to be contenders again. This season. Yeah, so uh, I actually like the Eagles in this spot. It's it's not a, I'm I'm not high on Doug Peterson, so it's not going to be one of my you know really lead pipe lock plays this week. But I I do think that 
they should have a bigger advantage than they have than they had last week, I should say, with their line configured properly. I mean, they're playing guys that had never played it down in the NFL. The one guy supposedly had never watched the professional football game. The one guy was a rugby player that didn't even play college football. They, they were just totally outmatched up front against Washington, and that's not going to be the case this week. Uh, again, I, I would have liked to have seen better finish from the Rams. So that, that combination of, of sort of different factors puts me on Philly in the spot out. I, I agree, and this is a West Coast travel, too, uh, in the first one of the year for L.A., so I mean, it plays a little bit of a factor. Yeah, and it'll be interesting as the season develops. Any of these West Coast teams that have back-to-back East Coast games they are not allowed to stay on the East Coast like they have been doing. They have to fly all the way back yep. and travel again. So travel could be an issue uh, as we move forward this season. Now, the absolute bottom of the barrel, New York Jets are at home taking on the 49ers. What's the line here in the seven range? I, I need to pull it up. See, you are, are you guessing seven or did you see it? I would have thought this spread would have been ten and a half, even with the travel factored in. I don't know. I guess Vegas is down on San Fran. I don't know how you could back the Jets. And I'm not going to be surprised if they cover because it's just how the NFL goes. But, like, well, Jets look so bad. Well, to be fair, the reason I kind of thought that is because the Jets are okay up the middle defensively. They've been pretty good against – they've been actually a top-five run defense for a while now. And San Francisco yeah. is really limited on the perimeter right now. They're thin at receiver. So I, I kind of think that, I think matchup-wise, it is a, a decent spot for the Jets. The problem is they stink. Um, right. But, like, I don't know how they're, they're going to move the ball. But their strength is going against San Francisco's strength, so I think they should be able to hold up for a while. It's going to be a matter of, of whether or not the Jets can generate enough points to, to sort of hang in it. And I didn't really see much less, albeit they were in a, an impossible spot at Buffalo. Uh, I right. just didn't think that they had a realistic chance in that game. Uh, do you have anything else to really add here? I, I think it's kind of a stay away. You think San Fran's going to come away with a sloppy win. We can't bet the Jets. I mean, yeah, I think, I think you kind of nailed it on the head. Cause I, I, I do agree that the Jets strengths play to the, to the Niners strengths. I think that Niners need to run the ball to kind of get going on offense, especially with their, their limitations on the outside right now. Um, but I, there's, I I could never bet on the Jets after after what I've seen from them. I, I think they're so cooked. I think Darnold is is really cooked. Uh, I know he's not getting any help from his coaches or you know supporting cast, but um, he just makes too many sloppy plays and decisions. And against a defense like San Fran, I think eventually, you know, they'll they'll pull away in that way. They tend to play okay in these spots against good teams occasionally. They do. They did it last year. A few times, yeah, including Dallas, a couple other squads. Like they'll do yeah. just. And if Kittle, yeah. and if Kittle's out, it's it's a pretty big, you know, pretty big loss for San Fran too. I don't know if he's going to be. It sounds like he could play through anything. Yeah, he's tough. Um, he is, but I don't know why they would want to play him in week two if it, if if it's a serious knee thing against the Jets. I think they can get it done without him. But I agree. I think the Jets can kind of stick around and and, and lose in typical Jets fashion. Well, maybe San Francisco being 0-1, they'll push the envelope a little bit more. They're going to be an angry football team. And uh, like I said, I I understand the the matchup the Jets have as far as their run defense, but I just don't think they can score enough points. I mean, again, we've talked enough about this game. To me, it's a no play. San Fran wins, maybe covers, maybe doesn't. Miami at home against Buffalo. Um, that was, that was 
funky game Miami played against New England. What did you think from the Dolphins? It was. was, You know, it's tough to – again, it's tough to evaluate any of these teams off week one, um, but especially not knowing – each other like I can't say wow they played really well versus the Patriots that's that's a pretty good sign or they only lost by 10 to the Patriots we don't really know what the Patriots are at this stage either so uh, it's tough to tell I, I thought this line was pretty small uh, so, so some good respect for Miami in that sense um, Buffalo just they almost have room for error because of how good they are uh, and how well coached they are to me. Like Allen makes some horrend- horrendous decisions and some bad throws. He missed a couple easy touchdowns. He fumbled the ball, uh, I think, in the red zone a couple times. And I think if it, if he was in a different system with less than ideal circumstances, like some of these guys are, like Darnold, uh, like you know, like like Baker, whatever. I think we'd be telling a different story on him. But with that said, he's still you know pretty 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 good and really talented enough to to make plays and win the game. Um, I'm just, I'm not betting on a Fitz team. I think those magic days are over um, for him and, and for the Dolphins. I do think the Dolphins are a good, well-coached team. They're going to play tough. They got a good defense, but I think it's kind of a waiting game for Tua to come in and get his shot. Uh, and I just like Buffalo, especially long-term way more. So, um, yeah. No, the spreads it's a little it's a little fishy to me. Yeah. So I'm probably a pass on this five and a too. half. I would have to back Miami. Uh, New England traditionally is tough uh, week one, especially at home, and they were really well prepared. I, I think Cam Newton and that running attack is going to be tough to defend early in the season, especially when opposing defenses aren't used to that type of physicality. Now I'm not overly high on New England. But we'll get to them later, but but getting yeah. Back, I, I want to see them play from behind. I think that's going to be where we really find out. I mean, they them. have no weapons outside. They cannot generate any big plays in the air. Um, yeah. But back to the Dolphins, I thought Fitzpatrick really looked pretty bad in that game. He seemed to – his arm yeah. strength seems to be deteriorating big time. Yeah, I think it, it's 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 over for him. I, I do think, though, the Dolphins' young offensive line played really well against New England, especially inside. They had um, a rookie from Georgia who I didn't really love in the draft. He was a sixth-round pick, um, Solomon Kinley, a big kid. He was so fat at Georgia. He was 350 pounds. I thought he was going to be too big to even really uh, make the two deep, but he cut some weight, and he was trim and played a really solid game at right guard for them. And the reason I'm even bringing that up is that I think Buffalo's defensive line, their strength is their defensive tackles. They they're sort of a twitched-up D-line. They, they like to shoot gaps. They don't really have the traditional edge rushers, so they pressure you from the interior. And I think Miami's offensive line is solid in that area. Eric Flowers at left guard. We've been on Flowers now for a few years rebounding now that he found his proper position and good coaching. The Giants were just lost with him like they've botched a lot of other linemen. Um, that being said, I do think – Yeah, a lot, of those, a lot of those fans owe him a little bit of a No doubt. I do think the, the Miami – offense at home sort of in their own friendly confines buffalo i could see going down there a little bit high on their horse lackadaisical in a hot they were they were high on their horse last week so i i totally know it's going to be hot in miami the dolphins have been training in that type of weather i think miami can sort of take him into deep water here and, and maybe steal one i'm super high on buffalo going forward but would it be the worst thing for the bills to lose a game like this and get a quick reality check no. like i don't want them to just go cruising through the division they need to face some adversity at some point 
Yeah, my only thing is I think at this stage they're starting to kind of get to that team that's well coached and find ways to win, almost like Tennessee. Uh, it's not always pretty, and oftentimes actually it's sloppy because that's kind of the way Josh Allen plays. But no um, I, I I agree. I could see them like winning by. A they field still goal. are young though, and this is a spot where I'd rather have a real veteran team going down to Miami to take care of yep. business. I I think I, I think there's a chance that that Buffalo stumbles this week. This is a game that I really like coming up. Indiana, Indiana, Indianapolis at home against the Vikings. The Vikings got wamboozled week one. They they really got lit up, especially in the second half. Uh, what did you think about the Vikings' performance week one? Vikings, I thought it was tough to come away with any takeaway um, just because Green Bay was so overwhelming in that game. Um, I, I For myself, I have the notes just that I think Indy kind of matches up well against Minnesota. Uh, and I think they can actually win this game. I, I didn't think Rivers looked terrible. Um, again, I think they kind of lost in typical Rivers Chargers fashion. It was literally almost like a Chargers game last week. Um, but moving forward, I'm pretty comfortable with Indy. I, I think they didn't. I don't think they played well last week, and I think they're gonna they're gonna come out pretty angry. I know you could say the same thing about uh, the Vikings, um, but kind of both of these teams. Mitt, the Vikings are in a tough spot organizational-wise to me. I don't know where they go from here if they had a really bad year. Uh, so I think the urgency is going to be there from both teams. I think this is a good game. Yeah, the Vikings, I agree. They're sort of in between right now. They have some veterans, but then they also played a ton of really young guys. And, you know, Mike Zimmer's been yeah, there a while. Yeah, took a step back. Yeah, the, defensively, they, they played Cameron Dantzler at corner you know, pretty much every snap. And this is a rookie that I love that at Mississippi State. But I even have in my notes, like, very developmental piece, not polished in man, strictly a zone corner. And, and they have him in, like, straight up on an island in man coverage against Devontae Adams last week. And just some very questionable decisions. I think that they were surprised a bit by Green Bay's game plan. I kind of thought with the offseason the Packers had that they were going to be a, a two-back power running football team. But they came out and yeah, swung they, it around, and and the 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 Vikings flat out didn't have enough man corners ready to play. So I yeah, I think uh, Green Bay kind of took everyone by surprise. I'll hold my thoughts for the next game because it's them. But um, just it, they, I think Green Bay was going to come out hot. The way they looked, they were going to come out hot versus anybody. And I kind of think the Vikings were just the team that were in their way, unfortunately. Yeah, kind of a little bit of the Giants pit syndrome for me, though, just because I think they were so thin at corner Minnesota that Green Bay it was just like stealing some of this, this quick yeah. game on the perimeter. Um, I like the Vikings outright. I can't believe they're three-point dogs. I think their offense came to life a little bit in the second half. And the Colts, but the Colts, I'm just selling. That's classic. That's classic, Kirk. Though down by 21 points, he starts being John Elway. Yeah, Kirk has has uh, he, he's he's erratic, as we both know. He he played some big games last year. He finally got over the hump with that win at New Orleans. Yeah, and then basically yeah. gave up against San Francisco, of course. Um, but I, I think the Vikings. They're definitely capable. It couldn't have been. Not... They, it couldn't have been a worst case scenario last week. So that automatically yeah. means I'm buying. I have the Colts as a sell, so this is a pass to be a play for me. I'll take Minnesota plus three and plus 150 on the money line. Um, nice. What do we got next? Green Bay, Detroit. Green Bay, Detroit. So I might as well just start here right where I left off with the Minnesota game. Yeah. I have to sell Green Bay off that effort only because the whole world thinks that they're Super Bowl champions for one. They're going to be overvalued, and I just think they were in such an ideal spot for Detroit. 
if Jeffrey Okuda plays that corner, they had another young corner play a huge game. I know their slot defensive back, uh, Coleman, is out. But they have some depth in that secondary, and it's going to be a little bit different story for Aaron Rodgers going against that group. They've played Green Bay tough almost every matchup over the last three or four years. Uh, They've squeaked out some wins against them as well. I just think it's a decent matchup for Detroit, and I think they keep it close in cover against Green Bay. I totally agree. Um, I have, you know, I'm excited to see one if the Rodgers revenge tour that we saw last week is for real or they just exploded. And I have, I kind of think the latter. Um, I was really looking forward to watching the Lions this year. I, I think they're, you know, if they were healthy, I think they're a sneaky, sneaky team to win the division. I know the odds were long. Um, but I really did like them this year. I, I just think they're banged up. I think they really need Kenny Galladay back. It doesn't look good for him. I don't think he's practiced. I, I know he didn't practice yesterday, and I'm pretty sure he didn't practice today either. Uh, and I think if he returned, it would be big time for him. But when he does, I, you know, I think they're they're pretty set up. They have three formidable running backs. It seems like Swift can catch out of the backfield. Obviously, he had a really tough break drop in that game winner last week. That was brutal for them. Um, but I think if they start getting some guys back, uh, they could play. I, I'm probably higher on the Lions than most people, and I'm probably higher on Matthew Stafford uh, than most people too. Uh, but I think you you kind of cut it up great. I think this is a great spot to fade Green Bay. Yeah, it's more of a fade of Green Bay for me. I, I thought last year was the year for Detroit, and they, when they lost all those close games and Patricia proved he can't coach and their defense quit, and they, that they, is sold, they sold a lot of people. They sold a lot of pieces off, I should say. And I just – I think Detroit is like in tank mode, but they have too many players for that to actually take place. I'm not high in them long term, but I, I think in this spot they can, you know, play a close game against Green Bay and maybe even a backdoor cover is always possible with Stafford. Hawkinson looked good, which is encouraging off the ACL injury. So. Yeah, he looked good last week, uh, last year, week one too, though, and then the rest of the year was just absent. So hopefully they keep well, getting him involved. Yeah, well, he got hurt. So to be fair. Yeah. Um. All right. Sure. Dallas in a home spot, an important spot for them against the Falcons. You're the Cowboy fan. What do you? What's the resident Cowboy fan have to say? Yeah, I, I just think their linebackers are in shambles right now. Um. You know, obviously LVE is going to be out for six to eight weeks. Lee is always out. It seems. I don't. I didn't even know he was going to be a factor, but I, I see. I see. They just put him on the IR. I believe. Uh, and Jalen Smith played terrible. You know, if he could have, I, I think this team needed Jalen Smith, Smith and LVE to play like they did that rookie year where they both kind of exploded on the scene and everyone wanted to, you know, put them in, in the Hall of Fame. Um, I, I think the DL is really, the defensive line for Dallas, I think is good, especially in straight passing situations, but they're just not good sideline to sideline. And the Rams really exposed that. Uh, and I think, kind of similar to the Rams. Atlanta has a lot of weapons. I, I speak of, talk about top five receiving cores. I love Julio and Ridley. I think it's probably the best duo in football. Um, maybe besides Evans and, and Godwin just on the top of my head. Uh, Atlanta didn't look great last week, but I think they're capable of beating good teams. Like I said, I'm probably a little bit higher on them than most people. Uh, they have a really tough schedule. So, you know, if they didn't, if they had a little bit of a different schedule, I, I think they would be a good long shot bet to win the division. Um, but but the schedule is brutal if you go through it. The good news for Dallas, and we talked about it, is the rookies, Diggs, and I think C.D. Lamb, I think both of those guys are studs. Uh, and if Dallas didn't get banged up up front with their offensive line, I think they can kind of control the game a little bit more. 
uh, and have a better year. But I'm a little bit concerned about them right now with the injuries. Yeah, I think both of these teams are somewhat fragile mentally. So the beginning early stages of, the, of this game are going to be kind of critical. If Dallas falls into a hole, I think they possibly could panic in this spot. I do like Atlanta's continuity. Um, and I also like Atlanta early in seasons before they get injured because every year their defense sort of they want yeah. losing like you know they they'll lose a nickel they lose the kid Neil they'll always lose like three key guys and then they just get worked um, and and I and I can see Dallas being you know rough early on this year and kind of getting it together later in the year like I'm not going to sell them later I think they can eventually long term they're going to pick it up on offense and, and kind of start gluing. Um, but I agree. I think it may be slow early in the year for them. Yeah, I, I think Atlanta, just the continuity in the staff and the, the sort of diversity they can offer from an offensive standpoint. The Rams were very simple against Dallas. They didn't do anything tricky. They ran about six plays and just ran the hell out of them. I think this week yep. Dallas is going to see a much more complex scheme. And I think like with, without Van Der Esch, with, without that linebacker presence in the middle, uh, when you're talking about a rookie corner as your probably your best defender besides Lawrence and a couple other D linemen, you know that's a problem. I also just have to buy Atlanta off last week. I think that game was also closer than it looked on paper. Seattle Seattle I went agree. on a big run in the middle of the game, and Seattle was probably uh, the most impressive team in, in Week One for me. I mean, they played a monster ball game. Yeah, they played perfect, and Atlanta had a couple shots, a couple fourth downs that they didn't convert that the game would have been totally different if they did. Uh, so I agree. I don't think Atlanta, I don't think last week was, you know, the perfect evaluation of Atlanta that we're going to see next, the, the rest yeah, of the so year. Yeah, so I'm still fine with a small sell on Dallas and a buy on Atlanta. To me, I have to take the Falcons with four and a half. I, I think a lot of scenarios end with Dallas winning by a field goal. So I think four and a half can be very useful uh, in, the, it, yep, totally in this spot. Chicago Bears home against the G-Men and my boy Danny Dimes. We have the Bears as five-and-a-half-point favorites. Any initial thoughts here, PJ? I'm, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on Chicago. I, I thought it was an impressive comeback, but it was a lion, so I, I can't get crazy about it. I thought Mitch was so bad at some points in the game. Like Watching it just highlights during Sunday. Um, I, I'm sitting there thinking like there's no way Nick Foles isn't going to come in this season. Uh, and then he throws three touchdown passes in the fourth quarter and they win the game. He just makes a lot of bad decisions, but he does flash. He does make plays and he makes some throws that you're, that you're you know, you kind of buy into him again, but it's just not consistent. Uh, with that said, I think this is a pretty solid bounce back spot for him. Um, and I think they could play well, him, him and Allen Robinson. Obviously, they had some controversy there with Robinson looking for a new deal. Uh, but I like the Giants in this spot. I think the Giants cover and I think they may win, too. Um, I think Danny, I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm still a little bit slower than you are on him. I think you think he's arrived and he's already elite. I think he's still a year away. I think he'll flash, you know, I, I think the 19 play drive was an indictment on how he's going to play this year. Like, I think he's still going to make those, uh, young mistakes and those poor decisions where he should throw it out of bounds, but he throws it. He kind of holds the ball too long. Uh, but that's just me. I know you're way higher on him. So I'll give you the floor and I want to hear what you think about. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to read the Chicago-Detroit game. If I didn't have a full body of work already on Chicago, I would say, wow, it was week one, and they just they woke up late, and they're, they're a good team. But they play games right, like right. that where they literally will not yep. score for three quarters. They can't get a first down. So, and then they explode. It's, it is so crazy. 
I thought Montgomery looked good. Good. He news did. They're that. just a super inconsistent team. I, I can never lay five and a half points, especially against Jones with their backdoor. Um, I don't have too much more to say about Big Blue. I talked about them when we discussed Pittsburgh earlier. They're undermanned defensively, but I think possibly the Bears are a team that you can sort of hide some of your deficiencies against. I don't think they can really take advantage of every little weakness you have on the football field like a veteran like Big Ben did. So Agreed. Uh, I'll, I'll mildly back the Giants with the five and a half points. Uh, more because I do think that giant offense can, can get loose a little bit. They had a tough test against Pittsburgh D, and I think they could score enough points to, to hang up a cover. Yeah, yeah, they moved the ball pretty well versus Pittsburgh, all things considered. And getting whipped at the point of attack, big time. Yeah, Andrew Thomas, however, the rookie tackle, did play a solid game for the Giants. I think he was probably the best of the young, ta- yeah, of the I, young tackles. Yeah, I know all the numbers say that they were like the most heavily pressured team in week one, and I know you, you said the same. And I saw it, of course, too. It's it's hard not to see, but I did think there was a glimpse of the offensive line playing well, especially in pass pro. Obviously, the running, the running block was awful, um, but I don't think it's all you know gloomy for them in terms of their passing offense. Yeah, they got to throw the football, though. They can't bang their heads against the wall just for the sake of no. doing it. And I, yep. I think they actually could have possibly won that game, but Anyway, we'll move on. We don't have too much time yeah. left. I want to get through these last games. Arizona at home against Washington. I think this is a really good spot for the Cardinals. What do you think about these teams? Yeah, I think it was an impressive comeback win for the football team last week. Um, and it was a nice start for the Cardinals, too. I mean, that's a big win versus a division rival. Uh, I think Washington's headed in the right direction, but I think Arizona's probably more ready to win now with a better quarterback who's more prepared to win as well. Uh, so I'm on Arizona here too. I think Washington's defensive line's obviously something to watch moving forward. Uh, and I think they're building something uh, good over there. And Chase Young looked like, you know, he's going to be a player. He looked like the real deal. Um, but I think this is a nice spot for Arizona at home too. And I think Washington's probably a little bit higher. Uh, I think people are probably higher on them right now too, but I think they'll come back, yeah. come down. To earth. I think it's important to note that Arizona really played their C plus game against San Francisco and found a way to win. That that's a big yeah. sign for them. In, in years past, in, they've been a dangerous team when they've played their best. They've sort of sprung a lot of upsets and they, they're they've been a live dog a lot, but they've had to have played well to win those games. I think they're to the point now where they don't even need their best to hang with some of the big boys. And that's a big win week one. I think they're going to gain a lot of confidence from it. And I think they're going to put it on Washington. Uh, Washington last week, again, going against the JV offensive line. I think the D line is going to meet a much tougher foe this week. Arizona's offensive line played well. I think Fitz, um, I think Larry Fitzgerald is going to be a tremendous influence on DeAndre Hopkins and his career, just making him a better professional. And, and I'm really buying Arizona. The NFC West is a loaded division. And I think I actually like them in Seattle, possibly better than the other two, to be honest with you. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, Seattle is that, that division winner for me. Yeah. So give me Arizona laying the seven. Uh, that's a that's a, a big play for me. Chargers Chiefs. For some reason, I'm kind of sick of this matchup. This is the we're into the four o'clock games now. What do you have on Chargers Chiefs? Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy now that Kansas City's coming out and showing that they can win games just on the ground, um, making Mahomes somehow more efficient. Uh, they could just beat you in so many different ways. I think their de- their defense is pretty solid, too. Um, 
I think they have some players on that side of the ball that kind of get overlooked just because their offense is so good. Uh, with that said, I think the Chargers are pretty capable too. I think they have a pretty solid defense. I know Bosa's hurt right now, possibly. Uh, I don't know what his status is for Sunday. I don't know if you have anything on I that. I saw he popped up on the injury report, but I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, it didn't look serious. I think he's but... just being held out of practice out of precaution. I, I think he's okay. Yeah, okay. I got the same kind of feel with that too. Um, yeah, I think like you said, this matchup is kind of tired now. Um, but with that said, I, you know, the Chargers do play them tough sometimes. Uh, and I think Tyrod can go go and do that and kind of give them a little bit of trouble with his legs since their their pass rush seems to be something that's come alive recently. Um, but I, I think the Chiefs win the game probably comfortably and maybe a backdoor factor for the Chargers. Yeah, I guess the Chargers' path to victory is pounding the rock and sort of controlling the clock, which they did show some signs of being able to do last week. But that was Cincinnati, and I just don't think that the Bengals – going from facing the Bengals to the Chiefs is about as drastic as it gets. And I think they're, uh, there's a good chance that they're going to be overwhelmed in this game. Uh, I, I'll take the Chiefs. I think they win by two scores and, and get the cover. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just just want to touch on Go before we move on. I, I agree. The Chargers' best path to victory is pounding the ball. Uh, but it's just so tough to do that against the Chiefs because it's so easy to fall behind from them and kind of fall into their game plan. So. Yeah, this is a good live. This is a good live betting game. I mean, if 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 the Chiefs get ahead, I think they get way ahead. But you know, if 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 the Chargers can start good and get Kelly running and sort of control the clock, then you're going to be in, in it for the long haul. But yeah. you know, it could get ugly early if the Chiefs can get out to you know like a ten zip lead in the first quarter. So, yep, agree. All right. Houston, Baltimore, this could be two contenders going down the road. What a tough start for Houston. They have to play the Chiefs uh, prime time and then the Ravens week two. Uh, yeah, and I thought and I thought they looked good too. I hope it doesn't kind of discourage them moving forward um, because Baltimore is just – I think Baltimore is on the path to win 13-plus games. No doubt. Uh, Houston, I, I think good news for them is that David Johnson looked really good, I thought. He, I thought he looked like the, the player that we saw when he came into the league and kind of took it by storm. Just worried about his durability. I think it already looked like he came out a couple times in that game, wincing and um, you know making faces about something. Um, Houston needs more from Brandon Cooks. I don't know really what he has left in him. Uh, and if Fuller goes down, they're pretty much beat. Um, but but they need more weapons with Hopkins gone. I I don't know if they thought you know signing Cooks was going to be the replacement for him, but um, I think they need a little bit more more help. But with that said, yeah, I'm higher on Houston then I think these first two weeks are going to show. Yeah, uh, I agree. And they're fortunate they have a, a pretty weak division, so they can overcome an 0-2 start if God forbid it yep. comes to that. Uh, I thought Deshaun Watson looked more decisive week one. Uh, I, I kind of liked the, the new scheme. And, I did too. And uh, I don't know. I, I mean, again, Baltimore is just so good. They're not a team I'm looking to bet into right now. They're a well-oiled machine. They're playing with a ton of passion. Uh, they're trying to inflict pain on their opponents, so uh, I'm not touching the game. Set because seven is too much, in my opinion. I agree. I'm not sure they cover, but I'm I'm pretty certain. I, I think that they get it done. I, I think they they just they control the game, and uh, I think they're very confident, well coached, um, and just in the right place right now. Probably the most stable team in the NFL outside of the. the I Chiefs. do think the extra rest will help Houston, and a little extra film study. Baltimore just played on Sunday. 
we got the, the, it's a good it's a good point early in the season. Yeah, so that might be enough to keep it close long enough to avoid the uh, the Baltimore cover. The thing with Baltimore is can they just can't peak too early. Every year they do that and they lose in the first round. So uh, I, I'm interested to see how they evolve throughout the season and hopefully they start to play a little bit more chess instead of checkers. Like, does it really help them yeah. to win to blow these teams out of the water every week? I'm not saying they should try to play closer games, but. They have to do something no, to build they're, towards. They're not. They're not very battle tested by the time the playoffs. Never, comes. and they uh, get down by a score, and they literally panic. And it's happened two years yeah. in a row, and uh, it can't happen a third time in a row because that would be, you know, sort of unprecedented. The waters to come to come back from. Yeah, and I don't think it will. But um, another good, but I, a good Sunday night game. Ahead. If you want to get to that, all right. Yeah, let's do it. Outstanding Sunday night game. Seattle, um, like Seattle said, New England, of course. Seattle's a four-point favorite at home against the Patriots. Yeah, this is going to be fun because there's been a lot of talk about Seattle letting it rip with Russ this year. If we've won any indication, um, that's it's going to happen. Um, and Seattle's kind of a different team than what the public is accustomed to when thinking of Seattle. You think defense, you think run game. Uh, but I don't, I'm not as high on their defense uh, as I have been in recent years, and I, I think they're they're letting it rip this year, and they have an actual receiving core that can help Russ out. Um, and, and on the flip side, New England's obviously built to slow it down, run the ball, control the clock, play clean, good defense, and win the turnover battle. Um, but like I said before, I want to see what happens when they have to play from behind, and I think that's what we're going to find out on Sunday night. Yeah, um, I'm a little bit the opposite in that I think Seattle's defense is much, much better than they've been in, in years past. Adding, adding really? Quentin Dunbar and Jamal Adams, that that's two all-pros. Jamal Adams looked unbelievable yeah, Sunday. So Adams God. looks like a defensive player of the year candidate, if not Locke. Yep. Quentin Dunbar is a technician at corner. No one knows who he is, but trust me, he's really, really, really good. They just have more speed on the back end. I think that was a problem for them last year. They, they struggled in just man coverage situations. I love Seattle. I think they're a complete package. I don't think four is enough points here. Um, I agree. It's small. I, I think Seattle is the way better team. Uh, and on the flip side, just talking about the defense, I mean, the Pats are without Patrick Chung and Dante Hightower um, and maybe not two huge household names, but those are two leaders uh, and, and good players, especially Hightower. He kind of leads it for that crew. Um so I think that kind of gets a little bit more exposed this week. And I think Seattle jumps all over them. And, uh, you know, I think the the, pan, the the narrative will will flip quick on Cam Newton, as I lo- the media loves to do, uh, I think, after this one, when they're down from behind and he just can't get it going with, the, with that receiving. Yeah, we talk about paths to victory. I don't really see a path for New England in this game. I, I don't think they can bully Seattle at the line of scrimmage and just grind them and- down. Seattle's too physical. And Seattle's not a team that's going to give you turnovers either, right. which kind of New England kind of you know capitalizes on so well. Yeah, they're not going to beat themselves. This is like the perfect team for them not to play. This is a terrible matchup right. for New England. I love Seattle. The four seems like a, a weird line to me, actually. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and lay the four points. Yeah, at home too. Yeah, that, that should be six and a half. Yeah, I would think so as well. I think people are higher on New England's effort last week than we are. Yeah. That, that to me, that was kind of a – not a not a great performance. I mean, it was efficient. It was solid. It was against a bad team. Like I, I didn't see anything that they could really build on off of that. Agree. All right, Las Vegas Raiders, which sounds really weird, at home against the New Orleans Saints. This is this could be a shootout. Wow, the total is only forty nine and a half. Actually, I thought that would be higher. 
Uh, Saints defense is pretty good. Saints five. I Saints think. are five and a half point favorites. What do you got on this one, PJ? I I think I said it last uh, a little bit before. I don't think New uh, New Orleans is the same team this year as they've been. I, I don't think they're gonna cruise to double digit wins like everyone expects them to. Um, I, I don't. With that said, I I won't be surprised if they string together their wins early, as uh, the continuity and the chemistry are things that are on this side on their side this season. Um, but I think Michael Thomas is a pretty significant loss for them. He's kind of their security blanket and most reliable receiver possibly in the league. Um, and again, I, I like the Raiders because I thought the Raiders played well last week. I thought they were disciplined uh, in all business. So, I, you know, I, I, I could see the Raiders covering. Here. Yeah, this game is way out. It's Monday night. So you have to really, you know, take another peek at the injury report as it gets closer to kickoff. Uh, the Raiders did lose two offensive linemen last week. I don't know if those are long-term injuries or not. Uh, hopefully not. Uh, I like this Raiders team. They have a lot of speed. I was impressed with Ruggs. I think the quarterback is actually the weakest link. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on Carr. No, Carr's been Carr for years. Um, I, I did like Ruggs. I thought, it, what, what's the outlook on him? Have they said anything? Uh, I have not heard any new updates on rugs again monday yeah, monday night it's, it's, they're not releasing too much information yet true yeah i didn't think the injury looked too bad i kind of thought it was more of like a bruise you know you, you see a knee injury it's pretty spooky but i didn't i didn't think it looked too uh too bad um but that said they're probably going to hang them out just because it's early in the season and that's one of their high draft picks um but yeah cars if, if there's going to be if it's going to be a betting on on car here um, but again, I just, I have a weird feeling about this saints team. Maybe we're not going to see it early in the season. Like I said, maybe they'll pull together some of their wins early. Uh, but I think eventually this team's going to fizzle out. I just don't know. I have a sneaky suspicion that this could be the early game of the year from an excitement standpoint, both teams really with the Raiders both in teams it. Are, are pretty explosive, but both teams are also extremely physical. One of the saints trademarks defensively has just been just their desire for contact. Oakland plays like that too. Jonathan Abram who missed all of last season as a rookie safety, he played about three plays against Denver and tore his knee. He's back. He played a phenomenal game week one against Carolina. I think that was a good preparation game for Oakland. They got to see a team that was sort of well-oiled with a new offense and a new system that, that they probably were not expecting to be so good. Uh, so I, I think that that was a impressive. Who's Who's Oakland? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna do that with Oakland, with San Diego, with the Red. Well, that's your home. With... That's Las Vegas, man. That's your <laughs> that's your city. That's my second city. I'm gonna call. Yeah. I'm gonna do Redskins. I I can't get. Yeah, the, I, I can't get the name. Redskins straight. is impossible. It's almost impossible. Yeah, that's hard. I had to make a conscious effort to say football team before. But I'm with you on New Orleans, sort of being at the end of their run, and I've been on that for a while. Yeah, I, I think. I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been surprised if we saw it last year, and uh, I'm almost banking on it this year. Again, maybe not early. Maybe we'll see, you know, a, a four one start, five and one, whatever. Um, but I think eventually they're going to fizz out, if not early. They're, they're kind of an old team. They only had four draft picks this year. The Ruiz, the rookie center from Michigan, didn't play week one. I'm not sure his status uh, coming into week two, but they don't. They haven't really built for the long term, and I think when Sean Payton retires and Drew Brees retires, there's going to be some lean years in New Orleans, yep. kind of like there was before those guys got there. So that pretty much takes care of the uh, the week two slate. If any of you guys have any questions, why don't you reach out to us on Twitter? We could do some sort of individual 
uh, game previews, maybe evaluate some individual uh, players and or plays on film, and you can interact with the show that way. PJ, I think we got off to a great start. Looking forward, yeah, looking you know, forward to week I two. Think, uh, yeah, I think we kind of just need to see more football to kind of get a grasp on these teams. Um, but, yeah, good start. I'm excited to be back, uh, and I'm excited for, you know, to get a couple weeks in so so we know who's for real and, and what kind of trends to, to look out for and follow. Very good. All right, thanks for listening. PJ, we'll talk to you next week. All right, Pat, I'll talk to you.